when I got out of the hospital uh, after that <laughs> second stroke in a row, uh, got home there and I, I and some of you are like me, you may get cabin fever just sitting around. You can only watch so many Perry Masons and, uh, or Andy Griffiths, you know. And so I, uh, I got on this, you know, and just typing it up on my laptop at home. I got to church and transferred it and found out that most every word was wrong. So I just had to go through. It took longer to straighten it out than it did to type it out. But the uh, Lord just laid on my heart this thing on faith. And sometimes those down times are a good time. You know, when you're laying down, you can look up. And it's a good time to look up and see the Lord and uh, let him show you uh, things that he wants done, wants ahead. And so I thought I'd share with you with the things that God has placed upon my heart. James chapter 2, verses 17 through 21. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Uh, now, what he means by that, let me just say this quickly. Faith must be worked out in your life, as Philippians 2.12 says. And so, when you have faith, you believe something, then you do it. Uh, anything it is. If you believe that uh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, as Psalms tells us, and Brother Woodard pointed out today, then you're glad. Faith is glad that can be in the house of the Lord. Okay? That's, that's just something God does in us. That's something God does through us. Okay? So again, looking at our text there, being alone, it's just dead. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, Thou doest well. Uh, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man? Look, the Holy Spirit of God made no mistakes in this word. Every word was written down as he wanted it. O vain man. Why would he say, O vain man, to Christians? Because he knew today there'd be those that would say, well, the book of James, old James, you know, he's a, he was one of the guys under the law, and so he just goes back and uh, he's trying to put us under law, and, and, and he really writes that way and not under grace. Paul is so different. <clears throat> well, both men wrote down what the Holy Spirit gave them. They didn't write their own words. And it was the one that was given to Paul was to work out your own faith with trembling and fear. There are no contradictions in the Bible. None whatever. And so, uh, he says, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. You see, the Lord gave us many commandments. Uh, he said a new commandment. A new commandment. What was that new commandment? <laughs> that you love one another 
as I have loved you. <laughs> you know what? If I love someone as I'm supposed to love them, but I don't love them as Christ loved them, I still fail that commandment. Uh, well, I think of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> hey, that's, that's under the law. I've got grace. I can go out and kill people. Well, you know, you got to be careful. What's wrong with taking a drink? A little sip of alcoholic beverage. I'm just a social drinker. I'm not a drunkard. I'm just a social killer. I just don't kill people at large. See how ignorant that is? Some people are just better that even if they believe that to keep their mouth shut, you know? Because then it reveals that uh, they're, they're not walking with God. They're vain because the reason they want the drink, the reason they want to do this, the reason they want to do that is it pleases their flesh. It's not that it pleases God. Okay, so again, O vain man. And he goes on to say that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered up Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Now shall we pray. Father, I pray as we delve into your word this morning that you would just help us, Lord, to see the mind of God. Not my mind or any man's mind, but the mind of God. And Lord, I pray that through the preaching of your word today, that there's one that is lost, one who does not know if they died today, that heaven's their home. I pray that today would be the very day they come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And again, we ask this in that name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, I want to go back and look at our text with a few statements, and then we'll go on to other scriptures for more of God's mind on this matter. Now, I see there are two types of faith. First, a faith that believes, but does not prove it by its works. Now, you've heard me use the example on several occasions probably in here. Uh, they can show me the film. They can introduce me uh, to the pilot, and they can show me all the papers that proves this is the best jet and the best pilot in the world. And then it can fly me to anywhere I want to go. And I can sincerely believe that with all my heart. But if I have a fear of flying, I may not get on the jet anyhow. Just like people believe, yes, that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, but they don't want to repent from their sins and give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Yeah, they can believe it very sincerely. But that doesn't change the fact of it. Uh, I can believe I need surgery. Doctors will show you the graphs. They'll say, you know what, if you don't get this taken care of, you're going to die. And, and uh, so, so you start looking over those things, and you see it written there, you know, and you see the pictures and everything they have up there. If this isn't taken care of, you're going to die. You need surgery. If I say, man, I'm not going to let that guy cut in me. I don't know him. I don't know where his hands have been. You know, <clears throat> and, and we just say, I'm not going to, no. Okay, I can sincerely believe I need it, but I'm fear keeps me from having the surgery, just like fear keeps people from witnessing for Christ. I, I, I knew a man, I guess I'd insert this. I knew a man, grown adult man, okay, a man with children, and he had a fear of needles. I mean, 
to, if he had to have a shot of some kind and he knew he had to have the shot, it didn't keep him from getting the shot, but he had to have pills and all other kind of stuff before he could get that shot. Now, obviously, I don't know the whole background, but if he had grown up with brothers, he would have never lived to be a man, okay? Because brothers will give you the dickens if you uh, start doing that kind of a thing. Now, but he had a fear that, of, of needles, but in his case, it was a faith that still went through, but it had to have all these other things to lean on instead of the real cure and the real thing that he needed. And so, again, uh, the faith that God recognizes is a working faith. That's the second kind of a faith. There's a faith that believes but doesn't do it, but a working faith does it. It's, it's a do faith. And that's the kind of faith that God recognizes. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for uh, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them, that diligently seek him. Now, what does the word diligent mean? I think it's all out effort. It's giving of yourself. Man, you're, you're just so occupied with that to do it. And that's what a diligent person does in Christ, to seek him. Why would we seek him? I'm already saved. Why would I seek him? I want to know his will. I want to do his will. I want to do it his way. I want to do it in his timing. I want to go to the places where he wants me to go. I want to do it the way he wants me to do it. And the only way I'm going to do that is to seek him, seek him daily in the word of God. That's the way we do it. Now, looking back at verse 17 of our text, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Faith that is dead. Now, here we are in the auditorium. <laughs> All of us are alive, I hope. And, um, but when we die, this spirit just leaves this body. That's it. The spirit leaves this body. We say he's dead. It's not really true because that spirit went somewhere. Spirit's alive. One day it's going to be clothed with a new body. But you know, thinking this thing through over the years, I realized something, you know, we had Alzheimer's in our family, uh, and, and we know what that's about. People will forget even what their own children look like, forget who they are, forget their spouse, not even know their spouse. They might have been married for years. I've heard of them that just end up cussing up a blue streak just as uh, bad as can be. And you say, how in the world does that happen? I thought they were saying, they seem to be so godly. And they got Alzheimer's. What happened? I sincerely believe this. We are a spirit with a soul and a body. There are things within that body that whether we'd say, chemically or whatever else, this body dies, and there comes a point, I believe, with all the 
perhaps pesticides and everything else that we eat when we eat our vegetables or whatever else, you know, the things that we have. This society, everything else. I believe the spirit gets so cut off, we can't walk in the spirit like we're supposed to. And that old nature is still there, and that old nature begins to manifest itself. That spirit is cut off from the mind so that you can't even recognize, that's my son, that's my daughter, that's my husband, that's my wife. See, that's, I, that's just one of my beliefs about it. Essentially, even though that spirit may still be in the body, it's dead. The body's alive, the, the blood is pumping, the life is in the blood, they say. Well, that's the life for the body, not the life for the spirit. But as long as that spirit is there, it's cut off from all of that. Until it goes into eternity. I believe that many times God has allowed something like this to happen because he's showing us if our faith is not going out all out to serve God and to give our best, give up your best to the master, give of the strength of thy youth. Oh, listen, we've got to give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we'll do that, we'll walk in the Spirit. Oh, how can we finish so well? So, when we just have a faith, and it's not doing anything, it's like a body, a soul, but the spirit is quenched. And that's not a good thing. Now here, we're looking at that faith, in this first verse, without works, is dead. The Spirit is not being walked in any longer. Faith without works is dead. It does not accomplish its purpose. Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Those works were foreordained, I believe, for the, from the foundation of the world, and people die without Christ, but God had a will for their lives not only to be saved, but to walk in a specific call for their life. Some never get saved, and some that do get saved never diligently seek the will of God for their life. How does America get into a way that it is today? Well, the church is worldly. Most of them sound like a nightclub to say, the, to say it nicely. Young ladies come dressed in, dressed in the church, just like the ladies they used to arrest on the side of the street. We want to look like the world and we want to say, hey, they accept me, they love me. Yeah? Well, how many of them are willing to go to hell for you? Jesus came and died for you. So I'm saying again, 
that when we look at the Word of God, He has a plan for your life, and if you'll diligently seek it, you will know it. You know, in 1 John 2, 28, talking to Christians, we see a difference between a living faith and a dead faith. Because some are going to appear before him and have confidence. Well done, good and faithful servant. Some are going to appear before him ashamed, saved so as by fire. And the main thing is they never diligently would seek the Lord. What a shame that is. Uh, I mentioned something about commandments just a little bit ago. Now look, you and I that are saved, one day we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to give an account of ourselves unto him. One of the things that we must do is just like getting on the jet. I've got to, if I say I have faith, that jet will do it. I've actually got to get on the jet, and then my life shows that I actually trust it. If I'm going to say, oh, I've got faith, I know I'm saved, I know that the Lord's taking me to heaven. But if I'm going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, I don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I don't try to look like the world. I don't try to justify, well, I just didn't feel like going to church today. Oh, family before church. How many people, are, you, how many of you heard said, God first, then family, then your job. But on Sunday, they'll go to the beach. But they won't do that on Monday because their job will fire them. See, they're liars. They're liars. But they haven't sought the Lord by faith to do what he wants to do. It's a diligent search, and you search for it through the word of God. That's what we've got to do. It's what I have to do. It's what each of us must do. So again, we diligently seek him. Uh, and we seek to do that which he'd have us to do. Verse 18 says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Uh, and speaking of faith, again, it's looking at it as it relates to God. Um, if it's a real faith, then it's going to please God. A real faith will please God. And we can have confidence because it lines up with his word. Faith will always be in accord with God's word. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, God called me to do this. I know God wants me to do that. Oh, God said it was all right for me to go there. God said it was all right for me to do this. God will never lead you to do anything that contradicts the Word of God. Whatever God leads you to do, it'll be in full, full adherence to the Word of God. It'll never compromise God's Word. It'll never contradict God's Word. That's why you must be in God's Word, because the Holy Ghost was given to you, and we're going to get more into this as we go into faith, the Holy Ghost that you got at salvation 
is there to use the word of God to convict you of right and wrong. He uses the word to do that. He brings the words of Jesus to your mind. Now, the Lord gave a commandment. It's one that he did himself. Jesus in his humanity got baptized. He got baptized by immersion. The creator of the heaven and the earth got baptized by immersion by John the Baptist. Here he is. He, he's put under and brought back up. Showing what one day he would do for men. He would die on a cross and be buried and raised from the dead. So that men could die to self and raise to walk in newness of life. He did that for us. Now, you hear people saying, well, I don't have to do this, I don't have to do that. If they're truly saved, it does not mean that because they are living worldly, they're living in a way that is not a life that honors Christ. They're saved. They're still going to heaven. Doesn't mean they're not saved. They didn't lose salvation. But it does show that their love for God is not real. You say, what do you mean? Let's think about this. Um, I've heard people say, well, I try to keep the Ten Commandments. Actually, there's been several that have gone through that and say the Ten Commandments, they use examples, and before it's over, they say, ah, well, I guess I don't keep the Ten Commandments. And most people that say that don't even say, well, did you repeat the Ten Commandments for me? They can't do that. But you know, in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, the Lord said the first commandment. By the word first, he meant the most important to him above all commandments. Now, people put the Ten Commandments as the most important. God said, no, the most important commandment is this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. How? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Have I always loved since I've been saved the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, strength? No, I haven't. And I'm not going to say, well, some of you have done the same thing. To try to make it light on me? No. I'm going to give an account of myself, not for you. But what I'm saying is, is this. The Lord said that was the most important, to love him with everything I have. That means I must be in his word and be what he wants me to be. Now, we just mentioned baptism. I don't want to get baptized, goodness gracious. Uh, you know, I, I'm saved, I know that, but well, if I get baptized from people, just think what it'll do to my hair. <laughs> oh, you know, I know what people will think out there. You know, I might have some loved ones watching this. And they're going to make fun of me. And what it comes down is that we don't want to humble ourselves. In Hebrews chapter 12, Verses 2 through 4, we read, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. The joy? Set before him? He endured the cross, 
despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The shame. He was hung naked on the cross. People spat on him. They used the most vile language and laughed and mocked him. His own mother and other ladies are seeing him there. A broken, bleeding body. And by the way, with his stripes I'm healed. But he despised the shame. There was nothing that he thought was great about the shame. It was a joy set before him. What was that joy? He saw into eternity. He saw you being saved, me being saved, all those who would come to him to be saved and have eternal life in the holy place of heaven. That's what he wanted. And you see, that's what he wants for us today. Now, I'm saying all that to say he humbled himself for me more than I can ever humble myself for him because he was all holy and never lost his holiness. He never lost his deity, but he came God in the flesh to die for me. That was my God. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Oh, I want to quit. I want to give up. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. My friend, see what he did and what we are to do. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Those were the words of Jesus. He gave these God-breathed words to Paul in Acts chapter 20, verse 21. Repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God, the Father, deity, all sin is against God. I can say I have nothing against God, but man, I can't stand that guy. I'm going to kill him. I kill him, I sin still against God, just to have that in my heart's against God. You mean, I, I can't humble myself as much as God? No, I can't. Repentance is towards God. And what I mean by that is this, God, I'm a sinner and I deserve to go to hell. There are people that say, well, yeah, we've all done bad things. We've all sinned, but I don't think I deserve to go to hell and burn in that eternal lake. No, I don't deserve that. Problem is that you're not the judge, and you don't understand a thing about holiness. We've got to get to the point where we humble ourselves, say, I'm a sinner, and I can't save myself. I can't be good enough to go to heaven. I need a Savior. That's why, if I can't earn it, I can't do anything to save myself, I need a Savior. Repentance towards God for my sin. Lord, I can't take my sin away. I can't get rid of my sin. I can't get rid of the power of sin over me. I can't get rid of the uh, 
penalty of sin, I can't do it. I mean, if you think you can, what it means is this, that you're going to have to be able to die, be buried and raised from the dead and go up to heaven and apply your blood on the mercy seat. The problem is, is that your blood won't be pure blood, it's the blood of Jesus. You'll be an imperfect sacrifice. So really, can't do it. You've got to get to that point where you admit that. Then after you get to that point, how can I be saved? Repent towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, he says. Why? Because we're depending on the shed blood, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Savior. The one who laid down his life. No man taketh it from him. He layeth it down willingly, and he taketh it up. He would raise himself from the dead. That's my God. That's my Lord. And that's the only way to be saved. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus said. And that's the only way anyone is saved. You don't go through a preacher. You don't go through a priest. You don't go through Mary. You don't go through some Allah or any other thing. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. That's not prejudice. That is truth. And that's the only way we go to heaven. And so, we're called to repent, not do penance. We don't do penance. What can I do to earn salvation? No, I must Confess I'm a sinner and call upon him to save my soul. You know, for some reason or other, I've heard people say things like, as Christians, I don't need to go to prayer meeting. I don't need to be there every time the church doors are open. I don't need to go to visitation. I'm still a good Christian. I can tell you where he found that. In First Condominiums 11. Because it is not in the Bible. Okay. So what you're doing is replacing God's word with your word, and that's a total lie. And that's the thing that's going to make you, if you are saved, saved so as by fire. And if you're not saved and you're saying, I'm going to be good enough, I'm going to keep the Ten Commandments, which you'll never keep all ten, and, and you'll say, I'll do that. No. Man, you'll go on the fast track to hell that way. Got to realize, I need a Savior. And the question comes, are you sure if you died today, that heaven is your home. If not, then my friend, you need to make sure. But let me put that on the other foot as well. If as a Christian, you were called home immediately into his presence, would I be ashamed or would I have confidence? Can I confidently say, I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus into good works. I know what those works are, and I've been doing them with all my heart. If I can't say that, I need to get things right with God. See, God's will, God's way, God's timing. Your timing won't say when you're going to die. Now is the time. Now is the accepted time. Now's the day of salvation.
Are you sure? If you die today, that heaven's your home? And if you are sure, are you sure about how you will appear before him? Let's bow our heads, please.